0: <laughs> um not really confused, but um but just uh, maybe some questions and things. Um and so I think where I think if i um or maybe does somebody want to ask a question about last week what we were talking about. Anybody have a question or anything about it? Or do you want me to just jump into it? Just jump into it. I, I you a right, yes. Yeah. I'm gonna try to um hopefully I can get to that. <laughs> I've had a couple emails um, of questions from people that, uh, that they've asked me some things, and I, I still haven't been able to get to those. And so I, I really do want to get to all the questions that people have asked me. Uh, just sometimes um, it takes a little bit longer because you guys ask so many questions, but that's a good thing. That's great. Um, so last week, I think um, we, at, we were ending. I was talking about... Um, paradise, and how uh, paradise is not heaven, right? Um, and so I just wanted to kind of maybe briefly go through that, just explain a little bit of it, um, and then if there's any questions, we'll answer those, and then if not, we'll we'll move on. Um, but go with me to, to um, I believe it's in, uh, let me see here, Luke um, chapter... Luke chapter 23. Luke chapter 23. Where Jesus is on the cross, right? And he's between the two thieves in verse number 39. One of the male factors were. Which were hanged, railed on him, saying, If thou be the Christ, save thyself and us. But the other, answering, rebuked him, saying, Dost not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds, but this man hath done nothing amiss. So somehow, on the cross between these two thieves, one of these men began to realize that Jesus was different. Um, we don't know if it's just everything that was transpiring, or we don't know if this man may have had some type of interaction with Jesus before. Maybe he heard him speak or something. We don't really know. But somehow, one of the men, of course, is, you know, ridiculing Jesus and all this. But the other man says, hey, we're here because we deserve to be here, but this guy hasn't done anything wrong. And, and this guy, this one thief, um, recognizes there's something different about Jesus. And he says in verse number 42, and he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. Right? So, again, somehow in this whole conversation, in this, well, I don't really want to call it a conversation. They're not just having a conversation. Um, but in what people are saying, um, in what Jesus has been accused of, um, the events transpiring on the cross, all of this, somehow, this one thief on the cross recognizes or or begins to realize that Jesus is Lord. He is Messiah. And he says, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom, right? And again, here's, you know, some people say, you know, salvation is you have to say certain words or something like this. Nowhere do you find in scripture that salvation is certain words, right? It's not, it's, Not there, right? Um, In Acts chapter 8, Philip says, if thou believest that Jesus is the Christ, then he says you can be baptized. And what did the the Ethiopianians say? I believe that Jesus is the Christ, right? Um, Here, this man doesn't say a prayer, right? Obviously, he's talking to Jesus personally, but he says, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. Uh, I believe, there's no doubt in my mind, that that man at that point is putting his faith in Jesus Christ and is saved. You say, well, I'll prove that. We'll look at the next verse. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. So to the one thief who says, I believe, he says, you're going to be with me in paradise. Right? He didn't say that to both guys. He said that to the one who's believed. Right? So salvation is not just saying a certain type of prayer. Right? It's not just saying certain words salvation is from the heart, right? Um, and, and it's, it's, it's again, the Bible says with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness with the mouth. Confession is made into salvation. That's why you can say, you hear people say, well, I said a prayer, but a prayer doesn't save you, right? A prayer doesn't save you. It's from the heart, right? And so I believe this man put his faith in Christ. It's evident by what Jesus says, but I want you to notice what he says Today, Shalt thou be with me in, what's that next word? Paradise, right? He does not say, today you'll be with me in heaven. Jesus says paradise because when a person in the Old Testament died believing in the Messiah, believing the promises of God, they did not go to heaven. They didn't go to heaven. They went to a place called paradise, which is why Jesus says, today, Thou shalt be with me in paradise, okay? Now, why did they have to go to paradise? Why didn't they just go to heaven? Because we know later on in Scripture, Paul says, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, right? So we know today, right now, if a person takes their last breath and they've put their faith in Christ, that immediately they're in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ in heaven, okay? So why does Jesus say paradise? Why is it that the old Testament saints were not able to go to heaven when they died? Because sins payment had not been made yet, right? The payment for sin has not been made. Okay. So a person, again, what is it that separates us from God? What is it? Sin, right? And the only way to be, to be brought back to God is for our sin to be paid for, right? And who is it that pays for our sin? Jesus Christ. So let's, let's take this all the way back, right? Let's go all the way back to the very beginning, right? So in Genesis, in chapter 4, when Cain kills his brother Abel, Abel who has faith in God, believes God, when Abel dies, the very first person recorded in Scripture to die physically, right? When Abel dies as a believer in God, Abel does not go to heaven. Abel goes to paradise, okay? And again, here's the reason why. Yes, Abel offered sacrifice. He offered the right sacrifice, Right? He offered a blood sacrifice. Cain did not. But can a sacrifice of an animal take away sin? No. The Bible says it does not. The blood of bulls and goats cannot take away sin. You say, well, then why were they supposed to offer sacrifices? Because it was a picture of what was going to come. The lamb that was going to come and pay for sin. Right? It also showed their faith. They believed what God said was true, and so they were offering the sacrifice, okay? Sin causes death, right? And that animal that they were sacrificing hadn't done anything wrong, just like the Lamb of God who was going to come had not done anything wrong, okay? So from the very first person to die, Abel, he goes to paradise, okay? And then all the Old Testament saints, Moses, David, Abraham, Elijah, all of the Old Testament saints, those that believed God, when they died, they did not go to heaven. They went to paradise. They go to paradise. Paradise was simply, if we wanted to call it this, just for lack of a better term, paradise was basically a holding place until sin could be paid for. No, there's no torment or anything in paradise, right? Um, they're not there because of their sin. That's that's hell, right? If a person died without believing, without faith, they would go to hell where there is torment. But a person who died believing would go to paradise. Okay? So let's um just a couple of verses here. Think with me about what Romans chapter 3, verse number 25 says, right? Romans chapter 3, verse 25. Whom God hath sent forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. So think about what the Bible refers to Jesus Christ as. Here in Romans chapter 3, and again, we 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 could go to Romans chapter, or 1 John chapter 2, verse number 2, and 1 John chapter 4, verse number 10, where Jesus is referred to as the propitiation for our sin. The propitiation, the substitute, the sacrifice for our sin, right? Jesus Christ is the only one who can forgive sin. Nobody else can, right? The church can't, the priest can't, the pastor can't. Nobody can forgive sin except Jesus Christ, okay? Because he's the one that has paid the price for sin, right? So because the price for sin has not been paid, the Old Testament saints cannot enter into heaven. They're in paradise. That's why Jesus tells the thief on the cross, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Because as soon as that man died, again, sin is being paid for. There's there's the the death, the burial, and the resurrection that has to take place. So until that happens, this man on the cross is still considered an Old Testament saint. You say, but it's all the way at the end of the book of Luke. The book of Luke is a New Testament book, right? That is true. The book of Luke is a New Testament book, just like Matthew, Mark, and John. But they record Old Testament events. Because when does the New Testament begin? When does the New Testament begin? The New Testament begins after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, right? What is a New Testament? What does the word testament mean? Okay, promise, right? The word testament basically means covenant. It's a covenant, right? Or like a promise, right? So the New Testament, the Old Testament was under what? Law. Law. The New Testament is under? Well, when does grace begin? Now, we understand that grace has always been, right? Old, peop, Old Testament was saved by grace, same way, but under different circumstances, okay? The New Testament, what we call the age of grace, okay, um, or the church age, begins, right, with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, right? Now, we're not under the law. The law is finished. The law is fulfilled, okay? The law of Moses is not is, is done now, Okay? Now, because of his death, burial, and resurrection, when a person dies believing, they can immediately go to heaven, right? So, if the New Testament or the New Covenant begins with the death, burial, and resurrection, we, many times we get this idea that the New Testament begins with the birth of Jesus Christ. The birth of Jesus Christ is still Old Testament, by the way. That's why Jesus Christ kept the law, because Jesus Christ was born under the law. He was born Old Testament. Okay? So Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ fulfills the law. He keeps the law. He fulfills it. Okay? But then when he dies, his death, burial, and resurrection, now sin is paid for. And now what happens to those? Well we know what now that we when we die we can go immediately to heaven to be with Jesus Christ. But what happens to those in paradise? Are they still in paradise? No. They're not still in paradise. No. Why would if again, why are they in paradise? Think about think about it. Why are they in paradise? Why would they why were they in paradise? Because sin hadn't been paid for, right? So when Jesus died on the cross, his death, burial, and resurrection, uh, is their sin paid for now? Yes, their sin is now paid for. So now there's no need for them to remain in paradise, right? So watch what happens. Go with me uh, to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Now remember, in Luke chapter 16, we have the account of the rich man and Lazarus, right? Right? The rich man dies, the Bible says, and in hell he lifted up his eyes, but Lazarus also dies, and is where not in heaven, but he 's in paradise, okay because think about this, he says, as this the rich man is in hell he 's looking into paradise he 's not looking into heaven he 's looking into paradise, okay. Paradise and hell were near one another because I'm going to give you this information and then we're going to kind of bring it all out. Paradise and hell are both holding places. They're both holding places. Neither one are permanent places where people go and they die. Paradise was not supposed to be a permanent place. Hell is not a permanent place. Okay, We'll elaborate on that in just a moment. But paradise was for those who believed. Hell was for those who do not believe. And so you have the rich man who does not believe in hell. You have Lazarus who believes in paradise. And what happens? The Bible says the rich man who's in hell looks into paradise. He sees Lazarus. right? Because they were near one another. In fact, when he's talking, he says... Send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. And what happens? He says he cannot because there is a gulf. There is a gap between paradise and hell. They, you can't cross over, but they were near enough that they could see into one another. Okay, Those in hell could be able to see into paradise. So what happens then? Watch in Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Notice in verse number uh, number seven, but unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, when he, that's Jesus, ascended up on high, now watch what he says, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth. He that descended is the same also that ascended far above all heavens that he might fill all things. So watch what he says here. Notice he says that Jesus Christ in verse number eight led captivity captive. When he ascended up on high, when he ascended back into heaven, right? He led captivity captive. What do you think that means? Ms. Donna, what's that? That's right. The people in paradise are, if you, for lack of, again, biblical term, they are captive in paradise. They can't get out. There's nothing they can do, right? They're simply waiting for the payment for sin to be made so they can get out of paradise and be with God in heaven, okay? So they are captive, and so Jesus, the Bible says, he leads captivity captive. He takes them out, Takes them out of paradise now because the death, burial, and resurrection is finished. Jesus Christ is now, uh, he's paid the price. Um, he has uh, done everything that the high priest was supposed to do. He has taken his blood. he sprinkled it on the mercy seat in heaven, right? He's done all of that. Now, sin is atoned, and he takes all of those who are captive in paradise out and now brings them into heaven. Now, all the Old Testament saints... And any New Testament saints are now all in heaven with God. That's why Paul says to be absent from the body now is to be present with the Lord. Old Testament saints couldn't say that. Only New Testament saints can now. So he talks about, and this is what he said, he had to first descend into the lower parts of the earth to be able to ascend. What's he doing? He's taking all of those that are captive to heaven now. Now, this is interesting. Watch what Isaiah says. Go with me to Isaiah chapter 5. Isaiah chapter 5. Watch what it says in verse number 14. Therefore, hell hath enlarged herself and opened her mouth without measure, and their glory and their multitude and their pomp, and he that rejoiceth shall descend into it. Here's a prophecy that Isaiah is speaking about, that hell is going to get bigger. Did you see that? Hell hath enlarged herself. Hell is going to get bigger. Okay, Now think with me. I said hell and paradise were near each other. But then what happened after Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection? Everybody that's in paradise, what happened to them? They're taken out. So what need is there for paradise anymore? There's no need for paradise anymore. And so what happens now, because there's nobody in paradise, nobody's going to paradise anymore. Paradise is done away, and that's, that gap, that space, is now totally filled by hell. Hell has enlarged herself because there's no need for paradise anymore. Okay? So now, when a person dies believing, they go immediately to heaven. A person that dies unbelieving, goes to hell. Right? So what's going to happen with hell? Because hell is a holding place as well. Right? What's going to happen with hell? Okay. Why though? Why is hell going to be eventually cast into the lake of fire? No. What's that? Not, not, it's not full of unbelievers when it's cast into the lake of fire. Okay. What happens after the reign of the millennium? The great white throne judgment. What is the great white throne judgment? The judgment of unbelievers. So what happens? All unbelievers who are in hell are taken out of hell. And where do they stand? before God at the great white throne judgment, right? So now everyone is taken out of hell. Just like there's nobody left in paradise, one day there's going to be nobody in hell because they're all going to stand before God at the great white throne judgment. And then what's going to happen after they are judged at the great white throne judgment? They're not cast back into hell. They're cast into the lake of fire, right? That's their final judgment, the lake of fire. That's why the Bible says death and hell are cast in the lake of fire. There's no more need for that space of hell anymore, right? Just like there's no more need for paradise anymore, right? Nobody's in paradise. Hasn't, there hasn't been anybody in paradise since Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. Jesus took them all out, right? Then hell enlarges itself. Then, at the great white throne judgment, everyone is taken out of hell. There's no more need for hell anymore. All of those that are judged at the great white throne judgment are judged for their sin, and then they are cast into the lake of fire, right? The lake of fire is the final destination for those unbelievers. Heaven is the final destination for believers, not paradise or hell, okay? Again, a lot of times we, we say terms that sometimes we understand without really understanding, Right? We understand that a, that a person, when they die and goes to hell, and many times we'll say, you know, they're going to spend eternity in hell. Technically, that's not right. It's not right biblically, right? Biblically, they're going to spend eternity in the lake of fire because hell is that holding place. Now, again, sometimes we, can, we, sometimes we, mi- we mix up the terms. We re- can refer to the lake of fire as hell or hell is the lake of fire or whatever. But they are two different places, just like paradise and heaven were two different places. Okay, now can because a person when a person dies now and they go to heaven, can we still say that you know um, a person when they die uh, they go to paradise, which is in heaven? You can say that technically, yes, right. Because here's what the book of Revelation says, right? Look in Revelation chapter 2. In Revelation chapter 2, I'm sorry, not Revelation chapter 2. I forgot a number. I believe it's 21. <laughs> 2 and 21. Actually, it's not 21 either. Hold on. When you forget a number, it really, it really kind of throws everything off. I'm going to find it. Hold on a second. Because there was two places I was wanting to go in, in Revelation. Um, okay, so go back to Revelation chapter 2. We'll look at this one first, and then we'll, then we'll look at the other one. Revelation chapter 2, verse number 7. He that hath an ear, again, he's writing to the church of Ephesus, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches, to him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Right. So John refers to the paradise of God. Okay? And that's where, of course, the, the tree of life... Uh, is, and we can look in Revelation and we can see that that is is in heaven. But paradise, when we think about the paradise of God, what what does the word paradise mean when we think of paradise? What's that? Like Like Eden, you know, we think of a paradise as like, Uh, a beautiful place, you know, somebody gets deserted on a desert island. Like, man, this is paradise. You know, I mean, it's beautiful. It's, it's, it's all, you know, perfect and everything like that. Well, that's obviously how heaven is. Heaven is a paradise, right? It's the paradise of God. It's, it's where God is and everything is going to be perfect. But throughout scripture, it's not, it's not referred to as paradise as paradise itself. It's referred to as heaven, right? Um, and so, you know, you could say, well, you know, hey, I'm going to go to heaven and uh, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to go to heaven and I'm going to be living in paradise. It's, you're not technically wrong. I just don't know if I would use that term um, because, you again, you don't want to confuse paradise and heaven. You want to make sure you, there's a distinction there. Okay. Same thing. You want to make sure there is a distinction between heaven uh, and paradise. Uh, and uh, excuse me, hell and the lake of fire. There, there's a distinction there. Okay, um, so I definitely wanting to make that distinction. Okay, um, and what's really interesting when you think about, um, let's see, is it Galatians? Hold on a second. Um, I'm sorry. Ephesians is actually a what Paul quotes is actually from Psalms chapter 68 when he talks about he hath ascended up on high, led captivity captive. It's actually quoting from Psalms chapter 68, uh, verse number. See here, verse number 18. Thou hast ascended on high. Thou hast led captivity captive. Thou hast received gifts from men, a for the rebellious also. Uh, that the Lord might dwell among them. So even, uh, again, this prophecy being foretold about, uh, Jesus Christ, uh, ascending on high and leading captivity captive. Okay. Um, and so, um, oh, that's why I was thinking about the other verse in revelations. I'm, I'm getting my, uh, Sunday school lesson and my message, um, crisscrossed. Um, we'll be going to revelations later in the, in the next service. Uh, Give you a heads up on that. Um, so again, two two different places. Okay, paradise is not heaven. Um, paradise was a, the holding place until sin could be paid for. Then, after the death, burial, and resurrection, all that were in paradise were taken to heaven. And now, ev- any believer who dies is now in heaven with the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, all unbelievers from the very first unbeliever that dies, which we don't really, I don't know that scripture actually tells us who the first unbelieving person was that died. Um, but from that person uh, all the way to through the end of the millennium, all of those are in hell. And then um, at the great white throne, they will be taken out, stand at the great white throne, be judge of God, and then cast into the lake of fire. Right? So, two different places paradise, heaven, hell, lake of fire. Okay? I clear that up for some of you, I hope. Anybody have a question about that or anything, real quick? Yeah, Ms. Don. So, does that mean that people in hell almost get a reprieve? Because if you think that, you know, they say, we, we think of people being in hell forever and ever, mm-hmm. tormented forever. Sure. But if they're standing before a judgment seat for a time, however long that time is, is it almost a reprieve from the torture while they're being sent to You could say that, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're in hell right now. Luke 16 explains that. They're in hell being tormented, um, and then they'll be brought out of hell, stand before God, and be judged, and then cast in the lake of fire. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's like somebody's in jail, right? They've been arrested. They're put in jail. They come before the judge. They're still captive. They're not free. They're still captive. The judge pronounces sentence that they have life in prison now, and then they go back to jail. Um, so, I, I guess you could say there's a, a slight reprieve there. Maybe um, I don't know how much that's really going to be enjoyed, though. Yeah. It's too, sure they're, they're go to hell well, no, that's very true. Right. When I, when, yeah, when I say an unbeliever, I'm talking about somebody who on this earth chooses to reject Christ. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, even the, the rich man, he says, send him back to my father's house that he might, can tell my five brethren because I don't want them to come to this place. They're believing now, but it's too late. And that's why the Bible says one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess Jesus Christ is Lord. But for those who've rejected him, it's too late. Mm-hmm. Ms. Allison, do you have a question? Well, they haven't been judged for their sin yet. They're, again, it, hell is simply a, a holding place. Just like for Christians... No, 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 no. There's not a change of mind. But like for Christians, when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ, we receive rewards for living for the Lord Jesus Christ. right? So when a person stands before the judgment seat of Christ, or before the great white throne judgment, and this is where there, we believe there could be, if you wanted to say, degrees of the lake of fire. Right? Because they're going to be judged for their sins. Okay? So, somebody that is a a pedophile and a rapist and a murderer and, you know, all these other things, Um, and then you have somebody that, you know, was a good person, but they just said, I'm not going to believe in Jesus, right? Are they going to receive the exact same punishment? It doesn't seem to appear that way. They're both going to the lake of fire, right? But, Again, that's why he says they're going to be judged according to their works, according to their sins that they have done, right? Um, now, again, I, I, can't, I can't elaborate really any more on that other than just what Scripture says. Um, because when you go to Revelation uh, chapter 20 there, it says, The devil that, in verse number 10, was cast in the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, shall be tormented day and night, forever and ever, right? And then he says, I saw a great white throne, Him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, found no place. And he talks about, I saw the dead and uh, small stand before God. The books were open. Another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which are written in the books according to their works. So there's an emphasis on their works and the sins that they've done. See, he gave up the dead which were in it. Death and hell were delivered up uh, the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every man, according to their works. Right? So... Again, if everybody's just receiving the same... And look, please do not misunderstand me. It's not like somehow somebody's going to, you know, man, this is easy in hell because I was a good person. No, or in the lake of fire. See, I I did it, right? I said hell. Um, In in the lake of fire. No, it's all horrible. It's all torment. It's it's all not good. Um, But because of how he speaks of judging them for their works... Um, it does appear that there are kind of a degrees of of that, but again, I, I can't, I can't even, I can't go any farther than that because we just, we don't know. God doesn't tell us that. Um, so it it appears that they're going to be judged, or, or they're, they are being judged for their works. So because of that, it appears that there could be degrees in the lake of fire. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Rob? Uh, the Bible also says that the, the lake of fire was made for Satan and his angels. Right. It began with, mm-hmm. don't it there. Right. You know people separate, you don't know? No, they'll, they'll, I mean, the Bible tells us that the false prophet and the Antichrist are the first two cast into the lake of fire, right? And then, of course, the devil is going to be cast in, Satan's going to be cast in as well, and then all those unbelievers as well will be cast into the lake of fire. So, That kind of makes a good point. Is the devil, right? The devil, Satan himself, you know, again, maybe this is just my thinking, right? To me, I would think that the devil, his judgment in the lake of fire is going to be much more severe than a person that was just a good person on earth but rejected Christ. Right. I mean, we're talking about the devil himself, Satan, um, the deceiver. Right. Um, So again, it it just kind of, it kind of appears that way. Um, And again, that's why I, I, I can't go any, I can't go beyond that. Right. Cheryl, real quick. Yes. They have to be resurrected, though. Remember, we're talking about a resurrection. Their bodies haven't been resurrected, just like our bodies haven't been resurrected yet. Right. Yes. The resurrection is the bodies that are resurrected. Yes. That's what takes place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But Old Testament saints, New Testament saints, all are in heaven right now. But they have to come back to have their bodies resurrected to be reunited. Yep. Yeah. Miss Patty, real quick. Yes, Hmm. yeah, it'd be something, yeah, and I really can't explain that either, other than it, yeah, it just talks about that Satan is bound for a thousand years, mm-hmm. yep, so, all right, very good, uh, again, if you have a question or something, please text me, email me, let me know, we'll get into some of this next week.